Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from singer, songwriter, and producer Ty Siegel. And this is our 99th episode, which is crazy, but awesome. And for the 100th episode, which comes out next week, you'll finally get to hear me talk about a life-changing song. My eight-year-old daughter, Liesl, interviewed me, and I interviewed her, and it's been rad making this collaborative family piece, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But let's get back to episode number 99, Ty Siegel. He's been making music since 2008 when he released his first cassette tape, Horn the Unicorn. And Ty Siegel, he's like this non-stop, lo-fi, garage rock, experimental creator. I mean... He released three albums in 2012 alone, three in a year. And like he does this, he releases multiple records a year under his own name and with bands like Fuzz. And then he also produces as well. Like he's a busy guy. His latest record called Ty Siegel was released in January of this year. And we have been digging the track Orange Color Queen from that record here at KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas, the radio station where we make this podcast. And so when Ty Siegel came to town earlier this summer, we were like, yay. Taylor Wallace went to Stubbs Waller Creek Amphitheater to talk to him. And she met him backstage and he told her about a song that changed his life in this very real, physical and emotional way. So here he is, Ty Siegel. A few years ago, I got it. I got really, really into the band. I've always liked the band, but I became obsessed with the second album. Up on And also, you know, The Weight is probably top 10 songs, in my opinion. My now wife and I, we have a dachshund named Fanny after Fanny in the song. Okay. So that to me is like the most physically transformative because now I have this little incredible dog daughter. A a physical A physical incarnation of a musical situation where she is now the Fanny in the song. Take a load off. Take a load 
for all the listeners out there that can't see, I'm going to show a picture of my dog. But how about I show the picture and then you describe her to the listeners, maybe? Does that sound okay? That sounds great. Okay, here's one. Oh my. <laughs> this dachshund is a meme. <laughs> <laughs> this is the happiest dog I've ever seen in my life. I think this dog is is on a roller coaster. This this fa- expression on this dog looks like what you get off of a roller coaster and you go <laughs> over and you look at what kind of face did you take when that picture went off and you're just your lips are well, are blown back and your eyes are just <laughs> Twit are just squinted just enough, and it's just absolute ecstasy. Oh my gosh! Happy dog, happy sweet dog. So, what is it about the, the what is it about the sec the second album that all of this that ma- that makes that album that it for you? You know, that's you know, oftentimes. I'm usually a fan of a band's first album Mm because it's usually at least older albums. They're touring a bunch on these songs. They've played them a bunch. They're pure in some way. They're, they're, they're less, you know, slaved over and whatever. Sure. There's an interesting moment in time captured, Mm -hmm. um, which is totally what that record is. Mm -hmm. Music from big pink. Um, but for me, I just love the songs more on the second album. You know, in all honesty, I just think the songwriting's better on the second one. Virgil Kane is a name, and I served on the Danville train. Till Stormer's cavalry came and tore up the tracks again. In the winter of 65, we were hungry, just back. But Fanny, the wait, uh-huh. it's on the first record. Oh, okay. It's on. Okay. Yeah. Um, but doesn't that song feel like happiness to you? Yeah. Well, it's all, I mean, in the band, like, I it's I'm I guess I'm I'm a, a more of a dead fan or just a dead fan who hasn't broken okay. into the all band right. yet. All right. I know this argument now. I've had this with lots of people. This conversation. The dead versus the band. See, my my perspective on it is it's not even worth comparing, well, they're because di- they're totally different bands. Right. I didn't even know there was a there, there was a versus, and a versus I've, argument. I've heard people say you know that the band is a better version of the dead. Interesting. Okay. This is not what I. It's very much not how I feel. You know. There's like arguments to, you know, who kind of developed that country rock um, okay. con- Americana sound first. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. you look at like American Beauty or Working Man's Dead. Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Trouble ahead, trouble behind. And know that notion. Just crossed my mind. And, mm-hmm. and you look at music from Big Pink and the, mm-hmm. and their records, and they're you know they're very similar time frame. There.
and again, I love both bands. I don't even think it's worth having the argument between those two mm-hmm. bands. The world is big enough to have to love both of those bands. So now that we're on, now that we're on to the dead, what's uh, what's your favorite? De- what's some of your favorite dead stuff? No, I'm a I'm a first. I you know I'm a first like ten years of the dead guy. Yeah, Working Man's Dead, American Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Those I are mean, the first records I Anthem heard. Anthem of the Sun and the first album yeah. Rules and. Um, I always feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong, but Axo Moxoa. Saint Stephen with a rose In and out of the garden he goes Country garden in the wind and the rain Wherever he goes the people all complain Stephen Osborne in his time Well he may and he may decline Did it matter does it now? Stephen would answer if he only knew how yeah, I mean, um, blues for all uh, rules. Roll away, the dew. Roll away, the dew. Roll away, the dew. Roll away, the dew. Those are that that era up to that point is really my favorite. But but maybe my favorite album is the first Jerry solo record. The first Jerry Solo. Garcia. Yeah. With uh, Sugary. Sugary, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the jam. Shake it, shake it, Sugary. Just don't tell them that you I played that on my. I played it on my show several several times. Sugary. I mean, any, I like anytime I get to play the dead. I like it. Yeah, I love how the dead is a is such a. It's oh just, man. So po- it's such a polarizing thing to to bring up. It is, and That's it's why it's so fun to talk about. I it's fun to talk about with younger people too because I mean I we have I have coworkers of you know in radio who are super dead deadheads and it's just great to just let them talk about their stories and. You're just, and then you know, kind of, they're so they're so excited that it's carrying over. They're so the millennial deadhead idea is thrilling to them. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll ever die. The dead is just, just going to keep living, living on. I mean, Jerry, Jerry lives, man. Trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man. Together, all less in life. Anything from the band or the dead has any of that connected with you and like written um, blood through into your into like directly influencing your music? Totally, yeah. Like that style of songwriting. I mean, you know, the the first Dead record was a huge influence for me uh, as a young man, Mm -hmm. like when I was like fifteen. Okay. You know, and then you know like all the yeah those first couple band records the the songwriting just thinking about how to tell a story in a different way and from a different perspective because those guys write you know same with the dead they it was a cool realization to have that you don't have to write from your own perspective to try to write a story song yes and i i think i learned that from you know them and and many other songwriters obviously Mm -hmm. or you know the idea of wanting to, to do that, but it's cool. I 
from Ty Siegel's latest record. And if you've listened to this podcast before, then you will know that I am a huge fan of the band. Like, such a big fan that I often lose my composure when an artist brings them up, like I did when I talked to Mark from the Austin band Sounds Del Mar. And so it's probably good that Taylor spoke to him and not me. And also, like, I'm not really a deadhead at all, which you would know if you listened to the episode I did with writer-director Joss Whedon, who is a deadhead. And, like, I don't think that I would have ever made that connection between the band and the dead, so thanks to Ty and Taylor for walking that path for me. Ty Siegel is on the road, of course. He's playing some solo shows in Canada next week, and he'll be in the North American West in October. I'll put his tour dates on the show notes page for this episode, along with a Spotify playlist where you can hear all the songs we referenced in this show all the way through and considering their band and Grateful Dead songs. That's a good playlist. I'll also post a link to Ty Siegel's Wikipedia page because I believe there is a picture of him there with his dachshund, Fanny, and she is exceedingly cute. If you liked that interview with Ty Siegel, then I bet you'll like the episodes we did with folks like Carl Alvarez from Descendants or Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo, all talking about life-changing musical moments. You can find our full archive at KUTX.org or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, we have over 99 episodes. We actually have 99 plus a couple extras and our 100th official episodes coming up next week. And it's super sweet. It's my daughter and I talking about life-changing songs. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. This interview was recorded by Jack Anderson. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. Kelly Seal is our most excellent intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.